call us into that light. And Father, that we will leave our darkness behind and we will only walk in the light of Jesus Christ. And Father, as we walk in his light, may others come to know Jesus. May they see his light so they too will be called out of darkness and into light. And Father, this is our prayer through Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. Amen. Well, as I said, light is throughout the Gospel of John. We just heard it in our scripture reading at the very beginning of the Gospel of John. We heard the great tragedy that John talks about at the beginning of his Gospel. The tragedy that Jesus Christ came into the world and he was the light of the world. He was the light of the dark world, but that world didn't recognize him, didn't recognize the light, and didn't accept God's light. But we also saw as we worked through John that John's gospel didn't end in tragedy. It ends in victory. Even though the dark world tried to extinguish God's light by placing Jesus on the cross and by placing Jesus in a dark and empty tomb, God's light prevailed and God's light lives Jesus came out of the tomb and the light continues to shine into the dark world today and as we've seen over the last few weeks an empty tomb and a risen savior make it difficult for the world to continue to ignore God's light And we saw that as those emboldened and spirit-filled apostles called the people of Jerusalem into God's light, and as thousands were baptized, and as the church grew in numbers and knowledge and unity and favor, we saw in that first church in Jerusalem, we saw in that new garden, we saw what it looks like to live and walk like Jesus. We saw what it looks like to live and walk in the light. And so now in 1 John, John turns his attention to living in the light. Turns his attention to living in the light on the other side of the cross. On the other side of the resurrection. On the other side of Pentecost. And on the other side of that first church in Jerusalem. In other words, John turns his attention to right where we are living today. And as we get ready to hear John talk about living in the light instead of living in darkness, we need to pause for a moment. We need to get ourselves ready to really grasp the power of these metaphors of darkness and light. See, in our modern world, it's easy for us to take light for granted, isn't it? It's easy for us to take light for granted because for us, light's everywhere. Light's always available. We rarely experience true darkness. But that wasn't true for John and that wasn't true for those Christians 2,000 years ago who were reading this letter. See, John and his original audience, they understood darkness in ways that we can't. They understood the value and security of light in ways that we don't. So I know it's hard to do, but let's try to take ourselves back 2,000 years ago. And imagine living in that world where this simple Coleman lantern that you see on the screen behind me, where this simple Coleman lantern would have revolutioned life. 
It would have revolutioned life for John and his original audience because they lived in a dark world. They experienced darkness in ways that we don't. So John was writing to an audience which knew the dangers of darkness. And they also knew the value of light. They knew that light reveals what is hidden by darkness. They knew that light reveals the way it shows the path. They knew that light reveals the truth. And then it shows the way to safety and it shows the way to life. And they also knew that light purifies, it cleanses. They knew that light renews, that light brings life. So they knew the value of light. But they also knew the dangers of darkness. They knew that darkness hides. They knew that darkness obscures. They know that darkness hides the way, that it obscures the path. They know that darkness buries the truth. It camouflages the way to safety and the way to life. And they also knew that darkness, instead of purifying, they knew that darkness pollutes, that darkness brings death, darkness brings decay. So they understood darkness and they understood light. So as we listen to John, let's remove ourselves from this well-lit world in which we live. A world where even our phones are flashlights. Where a light switch is rarely more than just a few steps away. And instead, let's place ourselves in John's world. A place where light was rare and precious. And where darkness was a dangerous reality. And there's one more thing that I want us to do as we get prepared to listen to John's words from the first and second chapters of 1 John. As we go through and read, I want us to pay special attention to the numerous conditional statements that John makes as he talks about darkness and light. Conditional statements are those if-then statements that you might remember from your math classes or your philosophy classes. I talked about if-p-then-q, where p and q are logically connected. So let me give you some examples. If it's Sunday then we are having worship services. If Sunday, then worship. Or here's a better one, I think. If a man is wearing a bow tie, then you know he is trustworthy. (laughs) If bow tie, then trustworthy. Those are logically connected and absolutely true. Two statements, logically connected, if, then. So listen for those if-then statements about darkness and light from John. And just a quick note as I'm reading through here, you'll notice that I'm going to make something explicit that is implicit in the translations of 1 John. And it's the word then. The word then isn't explicitly stated by the translators in 1 John, but as I read, I'm going to make the word then Explicit. I'll include it in the reading. So with all of that prelude, let's listen to John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. He says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. 
If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, then we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have, pu- we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, then we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, then we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anybody does his word, if anyone obeys his word, then God's love is truly made complete in him. And this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. That's some powerful stuff. And it came at you very quickly, didn't it? Well, don't worry. We're going to have Frank back up to the very first slide, and we're going to go back through all these statements, and you'll have a chance to fill in all of those blanks. Because it's a lot of stuff. It's dense and it's rich. There's so much stuff in there. It's easy to lose track of everything that John is saying. So now we're going to slow down. We're going to revisit those conditional statements. We're going to be reminded by John of what living in the light looks like. And we're going to do that so we can judge for ourselves where where we are walking. It's important to know where we're walking, isn't it? See, I'm sure if you're here today, I'm sure you want to walk in the light. You want to walk in the light of Jesus. So let's let John help us determine where we're walking. Are we walking in light? Or are we walking in darkness? So let's take a closer look at John's 11 conditional statements that we just read. Conditional statement number one. 
I think it's actually the second one. I think I told you wrong, Frank, the second screen that you want to bring up. Yeah, you can move through that one and that one. Keep going, keep going to the next one. There we go. Where are we walking? Conditional statement number one. John says, if we claim fellowship with God, if we claim God as our Father, if we claim to be children of God, if we claim communion with God, yet we walk in the dark ways of the world, then we lie. We do not live by the truth. However, John says in conditional statement number two, if we walk in the light of Jesus Christ, then we have fellowship with each other and with the blood of Jesus. With the light of the world, which purifies us from all sin. When we come out of darkness and when we choose to live by the light of Jesus, we are perfectly cleansed. We're purified by his light. However, conditional statement number three. John says, if we claim to be without sin, if we claim that we don't need to be purified, if we claim that we don't need Jesus or we don't need his light, then we deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves. And if we are even willing to lie to ourselves, then we can know that the truth is nowhere in us. And because God has declared that all have sinned and all have fallen short, then we know that all of us need purification by the light of Jesus Christ. So if we claim to be without sin then we make God out to be a liar. And if we make God out to be a liar, a liar about our need for purification, then the word of God has no place, no place in our lives. However, conditional statement number four, if we will confess our sins, if we will acknowledge to God and acknowledge to each other that we stand in need of purification, then we can also stand before God and stand before each other in confidence. Confidence because our God is faithful and our God is just. And because he is the just and faithful God, then we have complete confidence, complete assurance that he will forgive our sins, and that he will purify us from our unrighteousness. Purify us from our darkness. And he'll do it by the light of Jesus' blood. See, God's desire is that we don't sin. But John tells us in his conditional statement number five, if we do sin then we have the assurance of knowing that we have an advocate. The assurance of knowing that we have a counselor who speaks to the Father in our defense. And it's not just any counselor. It's not just any advocate. 
Our defense attorney, if you will, who's speaking on our behalf is Jesus the Christ. It's the completely righteous one. Our advocate before the Father is Jesus, who not only speaks for us, but he's also the one who's already taken a punishment on himself. He's our atoning sacrifice. So the one who's speaking on our behalf, who's speaking in our defense, is the one who died for our sins. And not just our sins, but for the sins of the world. And then John pauses. After these kind of five rapid fire conditional statements, John takes a breath. He lets those statements sink in. If we walk in Jesus' light, then his blood purifies us. But if we walk in darkness, then we're living a lie. If we confess our sins, then our faithful and just God forgives us and purifies us. But if we claim we don't have any sins to confess, then we're not only living a lie, we're calling God a liar. Our loving God doesn't want us to sin, but if we do sin... Then Jesus, the righteous and atoning sacrifice for our sins, speaks to God. He does it in our defense. And then John pauses to let all of that sink in. Envision John taking a long breath, waiting for us to respond to those conditional statements. He's waiting for us to respond in the only natural and logical way that those of us who recognize and accept the light of Jesus can respond. We respond in this way. Since God does that for me, then why wouldn't I want to know him? Since Jesus does that for me, then why wouldn't I want to walk with him and walk like him? Since walking in the light does that for me, then why would I ever choose to walk in darkness? And since you're here today, I'm fairly certain that you're like me. You're here today because you know God and you want to know God better. You're here today because you're walking with Jesus and you're walking like Jesus, but you want to walk with Jesus more completely. You want to walk like Jesus more accurately. We're here today because we've chosen light, haven't we? But I'm also fairly certain that most of you here are also like me and that you could use some reassurance. Could use some reassurance that you truly are walking in the light. Like me, you could probably use some additional confidence that you are on the right path. That you are walking like Jesus. So if you're like me, you have some other natural and logical questions in response to John. You might want to ask John this. Hey, John, how can I tell that I really know God? Or you might have a question like this. John, how can I really know that I'm in the light? How can I know that I'm in God and living and walking in his light? And that's where John turns his attention next. 
turns his attention to answering those how can we know questions. And the answers really aren't complicated. And John answers those questions with some additional conditional statements. So when we ask John, John, how can we know? How can we know that we know God? John gives us conditional statement number six. He says, if we obey God's commandments, then we know that we have come to know him. See, John's telling us that obedience follows knowing Because once we know God's love and once we know God's mercy, once we know God's justice and know his faithfulness, once we grasp God's grace, once we know God as our Father, then obedience to our loving, merciful, just, faithful, and gracious Father follows. See, obedient children can know that they do know the Father. However, conditional statement number seven, John reminds us that if we say that we know God, but we don't obey his commandments, then we're liars, and we don't have the truth in us. John says disobedient children don't know the Father, because if they really knew him, then they wouldn't be disobedient. And then John makes a rather startling statement. It's conditional statement number eight. John says, if we obey God's word, he says, if we are obedient children, then God's love is made complete in us. Chew on that statement for a minute. God's love is made complete in us. Our obedience makes God's love complete. What does John mean? Well, I believe this is what he means. See, God's love for his children, for all of his children, is unconditional. But that love is only complete when that love is returned. And the way that we return our love is through our obedience. God loves his disobedient children. But that love hasn't been brought to completion. That love hasn't reached its proper destination because that love hasn't been returned. And God loves his obedient children. And that's the love that has been brought to completion. It's reached its proper destination because that love has been returned to our Father. See, our obedience to God flows out of our love for God. And it completes his love. The next question that you might want to ask John. How can we know that we are in God? And that God is in us. John answers that with conditional statement number nine. He says, if we walk like Jesus did, then we are in God. And God is in us. Well, how did Jesus walk? Well, Jesus walked in obedience. And Jesus walked in love. And Jesus walked in humility. 
And Jesus walked in service. So how can we know that we are in God and that God is in us? Well, we take a look at our walk. If we're walking in obedience and love and humility and service, then we can know that we are in God and God is in us. A final question to ask John. John, how can we know that we are living and walking in the light and not living and walking in darkness? Well, first, the negative. John answers in the negative of the conditional statement number 10. He says, if we claim to be living and walking in the light, but we hate our brother or sister, then we're still walking in darkness. And we don't know where we're going Because we're blinded by darkness. However, conditional statement number 11. John says, if we love our brothers and sisters, then we know we're living in the light. And we can be confident that nothing will make us stumble. Nothing will make us stumble because we're walking in the light. We're not walking in darkness. So how do we love our brothers and sisters? Well, we love each other in the same way that Jesus loved us. You'll remember from John chapter 13 and verse 34, Jesus said this. He said, a new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. Words spoken by Jesus after he went to his knees and washed his disciples' feet. Words spoken by Jesus before he walked to the cross to be sacrificed for the forgiveness of our sins. He said, as I have loved you, you must love one another. We must love each other, not with just words, but with our actions, with our sacrificial service, with our selfish, selfless service, with our obedient service. Love serves each other. And next week we'll talk more about being filled with that kind of love. So as we end today, one final question. Are you walking in the light? And I want you to know, if you are obedient to your loving Father, and if you are serving your brothers and sisters in love, then you are walking in the light. Because you're in the light, you're not going to stumble. But I also want you to know that if you are disobedient to your loving Father... If you aren't serving your brothers and sisters in love, then don't kid yourself. You are walking in darkness. And you will stumble and you will fall. But darkness doesn't have to be our destiny. Because as John tells us, our God is faithful and our God is just and he will forgive our sins and he will purify us and he will lead us into his light and he will complete his love in us. If 
we will confess our sins. If we will confess our impurities. If we will turn to our God in obedience. So brothers and sisters, let's choose light. And let's walk in Jesus' light together. Let's pray. Father, we choose light. We choose your light. Father, I pray that you will search us. Father, I pray that you will reveal us. Father, I pray that you will expose us. Father, shine your light on our darkness. And Father, lead us to confession. Father, lead us to your forgiveness. Father, lead us to obedience. Father, lead us to love. Father, complete your love in us. Father, lead us to your light, and Father, lead us in your light so we will not stumble. And this is my prayer through the name of Jesus, who's the light of the world. Amen. Let's choose light. Let's stand now and talk and sing and lift our voices about walking in God's light. Let's stand. Say your light, O shepherd.